0: Hello, Charles Musgrove, with the Answers That Count podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. In today's episode, we're going to be have, we're going to talk more about the fifteen dollars per hour minimum wage. We know that it's happening in Florida. We know that the wages are going up. Uh, we've already had one increase already in in twenty twenty one. We've got another big one uh, scheduled for September twenty twenty one, and then it's going to go up a dollar per per year after that. So there's not a question if the minimum wage is going up. We know that it is. So what are restaurant owners going to do to manage this increase? Uh, one of the things to look at is, is to talk with other restaurant owners in other states that have already implemented this. And that's what we've done already. So this podcast is going to really show some highlights of some of the discussions that we've had with uh, restaurant owners, both in Florida and in Seattle and Oregon. So we're gonna, we're gonna talk to uh, Chad McKay. He's a restaurant owner that's got restaurants in, in both Washington and in Oregon. And they've had to implement the $15 per hour minimum wage probably f- over five years ago. So it's interesting to get the ideas of what he's done to manage this increase. He's actually uh, gone to a commission based pay for his servers and bartenders in conjunction with a service charge model. So stay tuned for some of the highlights that you're gonna see of what he's done, how he's implemented that and the success of it. Uh, we also have in this podcast, we're gonna, we're gonna get some highlights from John Horn. He's a restaurant owner in uh, Manatee County down in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, he has the Anna Maria Oyster Bar restaurant. So it's gonna be interesting to get his perspective on the cost increase that's coming. How he currently pays his tipped employees and his his back of the house people that he's already above uh, minimum wage for all of his his staff, excluding the the tipped employees. So interesting to get his perspective, and really the uh, the perspective is that that this increase is an attack on the tipped employee. Uh, we also have highlights from uh, Dan Murdoch. He's a representative from Harry. They're a technology solution provider for. The restaurant and hospitality industry. So it'll be interesting to see his company's perspective on what they're doing, the tools that they're providing for the industry to make the employee the number one concern. So uh, be sure and, and stay tuned for this. You're going to enjoy this podcast.
1: It's coming on us. We're gonna have that tidal wave. It's gonna hit us hard starting September 30th and every year subsequent to the point where we're paying. And you know, we're already paying our back of the house people well over minimum wage. Nobody in the restaurant industry has ever not wanted to pay our people properly. Where the problem comes in for our industry is with tipped employees. And that's that's who's gonna be affected. You're you're gonna go from paying uh, 563 all the way up to 1198 you're going to be paying servers bartenders 12 bucks an hour plus tips right so the increase is just it's dramatic
0: here john's talking about the minimum wage increase is going to happen it's going to rise up to 1198 for the tipped employee of course the regular employee minimum wage is going to go to 15 dollars per hour so you know he's competing within his own area, within his own state. He's also competing with uh, talent from, from neighboring states like Georgia, where he even mentions that the minimum wage for the tipped employee is two thirteen an hour there. So you can't look past what's what happened in the past is what he says. You know you can't look in the rearview mirror. You have got to look straight ahead. You've got to look for ways to manage the increase in this minimum wage because it's going to happen. So be ready. Start to plan now. So that's a, that's a key that you're going to hear from one of the other restaurant owners too, Chad McCase is going to say later plan for the change now. So do your modeling, go ahead and consider all the options now. So it's never too late to start.
1: The basic minimum wage and not to mention you're, you're competing with sister states. I mean, Georgia's at 213 an hour. Right. Um, and you know, we're already double that. So we're, we're going to just be out of the, out of the competition if we're not careful, but That's where it's coming. There's nothing we can do about it about in the past. We've got to figure out how can we manage, how can we massage paying tipped employees, 1198. And that's what, that's what we all have to be ready for. And we all have to be prepared for. So that's, that's what we're going to try to help get through.
0: Yeah. And in this clip, John talks about the, the increase in the minimum wage, the minimum wage tipped employee only. So he's looking at for a typical restaurant that he's got, thirteen hundred hours per week for tipped employees. The increase in that through the through twenty twenty six is gonna be four hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars for tipped employees, the part of the wage that he pays. So not the tips, just the the minimum wage increase for the tipped employees in one of his restaurants alone, four hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars. So pretty dramatic change, pretty dramatic cost increase for his restaurant. So that's probably typical across for all Uh, restaurants in in Florida that's going to see that and other states that are implementing this minimum wage increase too. So we actually uh, talked with Chad McKay. He had for two of his restaurants, the increase in the minimum wage was going to cost him like $700,000 per year. So very uh, similar cost factors that we're looking at in, in totally different states. So this is a big deal. This is something that the restaurant owners and operators need to pay attention to early. So check this out.
1: A normal sized restaurant, because we've at least got 15 on uh, between all of those fields, between every one of those job descriptions, you've got that many people. So so that works out to 1,300 hours a week. And so if you take 1,300 a week times 52 weeks, and then you figure out what you're going to be paying, and then the increase, I mean, going September 30th, the wage is going up a $1.44. 44. You know, as I said before, Charles, we used to think uh, minimum wage. We don't pay minimum wage, you know, because our kitchens are high. We do pay minimum wage. And that's the the fallacy of thinking, well, it's not that big of a deal. Let's just give everybody a raise. But when you take that many hours and everyone is considered minimum wage, that's a tipped employee and then you get to eleven ninety eight. So these are true numbers. I mean, we just took them what it would be. If we kept the same number of staff on, right, and there's there's the big there's the big delta, will we still need this many staff? So to continue running our operations with the same number of hostesses at the front door, the same bartenders, same food runners, servers, etc., it's going to increase our payroll when we get to $15 an hour at just one of our stores, 478 right around $478,000.
0: In this clip, we, uh, we're talking to Dan Murdoch. He's an, he's an executive with the Harry Corporation. They're a company that provides technology solutions to the hospitality industry, uh, specifically to restaurants. And he talks about the importance of the employee, uh, as equally important as, as the customer is in the, in the total mix, and how the technology that they're working on is focused on making the employee experience as good as it can be to increase and enhance the the timeliness of the communication between prospective employer and prospective employee uh, all the way through once they're hired to make sure that the people that are hired are the best fit possible and that that employee employer relationship is as good as it can be because employees are one of the biggest and most important assets of, of any company, especially in the restaurant industry. So he does an analogy where he compares during COVID how the emphasis really shifted to the customer and improving technology solutions to make sure the customer experience was as good as it can be. Now the shift is to the employee to make sure the employee experience is as good as it can be. So check this out from Dan Murdoch.
2: Yeah, I, of course, we're in, in the business of transforming the employee experience through the lens of technology. And to draw the the most common analogy or understandable analogy now, everything to do with the way that restaurants responded to COVID-19 was in a way to completely transform digitally the experience of the consumer, right? Everything to do with integrating across delivery, thinking about multi-channel engagement, loyalty, native application management, the ability to have greater control right. right over the experience of the consumer. We are trying to do the same exact thing now in the context of the employee, right? Which is arguably equal to or greater than the relationship that you have with your customers because your business is translated through your people.
0: You know the FICA tip credit can be a big benefit for the restaurant owner so if you're talking about going to a service charge model and away from a tip model then you're also going to lose the FICA, the benefit of the FICA tip credit so uh, check out these comments from Chad McKay as he made the decision to go away from the tip model to a commission model and give up the FICA tip credit so it's inter- interesting to see what perspective he puts the FICA tip credit in the overall business model of his restaurant. So check this out. It's an interesting model. And I know in Florida, uh, one of the big hesitancies, like you mentioned, is is losing that FICA tip credit because that is such a, that, that's a, that can be a big number.
3: Yeah. And you know what, here's, it's, it's like anything, right? It If I do it and I happen to get a tax benefit to it, fantastic. But you you shouldn't drive your whole business just to get the tax benefit. And you shouldn't you, you shouldn't be holding on to this FICA tip credit as if it's just it's so precious that you would hate to ever lose it.
0: Yeah. Because if
3: I could show you how to make more money and cover that, like
0: that's the objective, right?
3: Why yeah, because by the way, FICA tip credit could go away anyways.
0: Absolutely. And that's what you know, it's funny you say that because that's been the federal plan. You know, when you hear about them talking. To, at the time, Chad McKay and his business owners decided to move away from the tipping model to the commission model. This was at the beginning of when the mandated minimum wage increases were starting in Seattle, Washington. Uh, it was also at the time that his company was—they were—they were involved in some some legal matters uh, that related to employment law. So his his uh, employment law attorneys just asked the question, "Hey, can we? Would you?" Would it be a good business model for you to go to a commission model, pay for your uh, servers and bartenders? So they made a decision early on to make that leap away from the tipping model and go to the commission model. Uh, this is at the here's Chad reflecting upon the time that he made that decision. So check this out.
3: This idea of you know service charge, and then could we pay our employees at a different rate? Could we pay them through what is a commission model? And that was really the breakthrough is we, we had already had service charge within our operations uh, because of private dining and contracted parties for about 25 to 30% of our business. So we understood that model, um, but it was really going, all right, the tipping model is not gonna work. How could we figure out how to craft something going forward?
0: Most business owners prefer a variable cost over a fixed cost. And although um, paying by the hour is, is a variable cost, it's a cost that's based on hours worked and not uh, volume of revenue or revenue amount. So one of, the, one of the benefits of going to this commission-based model for Chad and his restaurant gr- groups has been that now their, their pay, the commission pay that they pay to their servers and bartenders is truly a variable cost that's based on revenue amount. So very good point and really allows you to monitor your variable cost and and monitor that part of your income statement. So good point Chad makes on this, so check this out.
3: And then for anybody new to the organization, so again, this is five years ago, anybody new to the organization after their training period, uh, when they were clocked in for sales on the floor, they would get a base wage of a dollar an hour Plus 15% commission. Wow. And I'm not, you know, I've got a little accounting degree and background, but uh, the fact of the matter is on any given night now for my servers, regardless of sales, my cost of sales is about six, you know, fifteen percent uh, for the front of the house server side. That, so that's, that's a, we've turned it to a variable cost.
0: When you make the decision to go to the commission model, you really have to be uh, transparent with your servers and bartenders to make sure that they totally understand uh, the model that they're going to and that they will make at least as much money as they were making under the tipping model. So this is an interesting um, highlight here where Chad uh, recounts back to the time that he was talking to the servers, his his leaders and the servers and bartenders two things that they wanted to make sure that they get. So, uh, check this out. It's uh, quite interesting. So when you're planning to do the commission model, you want to make sure that your servers and bartenders that you, that you allow this, you permit this for them to get these two things. So check this out.
3: And one is they asked for the ability. They wanted to be paid on what they earned and sold. So they didn't want to pool across the entire dining room floor they wanted to earn what they delivered
0: and that makes sense i mean that yeah. that's purely an incentive model so if they do well they want to they want to reap the rewards of that
3: exactly and i'm like 100% there are some of you that are better than others right, right. like so yep you get to get to eat what you kill right uh, and second is they wanted the ability uh, because some of the different groups that had uh, rolled out service charge or other models or full pricing where they increase the prices right um, had uh, not allowed tipping to occur at all and so they wanted the ability to get you know what the industry calls a bump
0: so how much is the cost of this wage increase the minimum wage increase going to cost your business chad did the evaluation early on when he saw what the what the mandated increases were going to be for minimum wage. And he determined for his two Seattle restaurants to get up to the $15 per hour, it was going to cost him an additional $700,000 in cost in wages that he paid just for his tipped employees. That has nothing to do with uh, wage compression or any of his other uh, employees in the restaurant. So just for the tipped employees, the tip wages would increase by over $700,000. So that that really was another catalyst to force him to make a decision on what to change to have a sustainable model for the, for the long term. So here's his comments.
3: We were functionally bankrupt, right? So wow. it would take just for my two Seattle restaurants, again, this is just Seattle, Um, it would have been $700,000 in additional labor costs just on the tipped employees Hmm. to meet that $15 an hour. And we have good-sized restaurants, but I don't know about you, but $700,000 is a lot lot
0: of money. And that's without even Um, dealing with the wage compression.
3: Yeah, that's just just paying extra uh, for the tipped employees.
0: Here's the final clip of the highlight reel from uh, Chad McKay, and he makes a great point change is going to happen. So you want to make sure that that you're part of the change. And then when it does happen that you want to involve your the people that are affected by the change. So if you make a if one of your changes is to go to a commission based model, or if you make any changes in your compensation plan, you want to involve those people that are affected. He did that if he did that with uh, great success when he made this conversion to a commission based model, and he involved his his key uh servers and bartenders in that process so they were informed uh they knew what the change was going to be and he accommodated them to make sure that what they wanted and what they needed uh to be successful was part of the plan so final comments from Chad on this highlight reel so check this out
3: nervous about um change right and you know at some point the change is coming it's just whether you're going to do it or whether it's done to you. And what I promised my staff is we were going to do that with them and for them and not to them.
0: Well, as a wrap on the highlight reel from the different podcasts we did relating to the $15 per hour minimum wage, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. We talked a lot about the commission based model as one of the options to manage this, uh, wage increase, uh, People that have done that, the people that we talked to, they've had good success with that. So I would definitely consider that as one of the options that you consider to manage the $15 per hour wage increase that's going to be hitting all the restaurants, all the business owners, the state of Florida uh, through 2026. This is also affecting many other businesses in many other states as a lot of states have gone to a mandated minimum wage increase that's above the federal rate right now. So that's it. I hope this has been helpful. My name is Charles Musgrove. You've been watching the Answers That Count podcast. Leave us some comments. Leave us some notes uh, and be sure and subscribe to the channel. Thank you very much.
3: Peace.